4: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, What's going on? This is Jeff Harbin of behind dot com for another episode of The Steelers preview. And joining me as always, Brian Davis. What's going on, Brian? I am ready
1: to party like it's nineteen
3: sixty-five.
4: Ah, the Lyndon B. Johnson era it was great years then. Uh, Dave Schofield, what's going on?
5: I'm here. I made it. Jeff took one for the team and did an excellent job filling in on Stat Geek this morning. I was down for the count. I, I, there's only a handful of times in my life that I've been really sick and. Last night into this morning was one of them. But I am here with you all tonight. Don't know how long my voice will hold up, so I might not be able to say very much, but that will probably make for a better show.
4: <laughs> well, we're glad that everyone's here. We're glad that everyone's joining us uh live in the live chat on YouTube as well as on Facebook live. Uh so let's get this show on the road. I mean, because it's week eight, they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles right before the bye week and Anyone that's heard anything about the Steelers knows that, well, you might as well just bury them now, you know, I mean, just bury them now. We'll get to all that for sure. I want to talk about some news first. It was really news that occurred on Wednesday. I wanted to get Dave's opinion on it because I haven't spoken to him since the news happened. And this all stemmed from Mike Tomlin's press conference on Tuesday. Comments made about Calvin Austin the third, but there was some more to that. There's a lot of 21 day stuff going on. You know, TJ Watts, 21 days started. Uh, He is back at practice. Uh, from what I saw on Twitter, he's going to speak to the media tomorrow, Friday at 1 p.m. So that'll be the first time we hear from TJ Watson's week one. That'll be interesting. Uh, also, uh, Demonte KZ was medically cleared, meaning the doctor said your wrist is good to go. Whenever they're ready for you to join the team, you can join the team. He said, I just want to hit somebody. So that's exciting. Maybe that'll happen this week. I don't know. And Calvin Austin third done. <laughs> <laughs> Done. So, Brian, I'm going to throw it over to you first. Just all this 21 day stuff.
1: What are your thoughts? Hey, you know what? With uh you know, KZ's been been in practice. Yo, TJ Watt's back at practice, so they're getting ready to be out there now. The Calvin Austin the third thing. You guys are going to batten down the hatches because you guys are going to uh, yell at me for this one, and I'm not going to pull any punches. I'm not going to apologize. I'm just going to say this. Hold off on the bust stuff with Calvin Austin III. I know you guys aren't going to do it. I'm just going to tell everybody else. Hold that off because you cannot call a man that has not played yet a bust. Just like Senquez Goldson. Uh, you, Just like Quest. Did you listen well, to my but Calvin team? Austin
5: yeah. III at least has a chance to play. I it? understand. Year after year. And so did Golston, who
1: year after year didn't. That's what makes it a bust. <laughs> but I still think that we need to find a way to define bust. And the reason I say that is because if he got to play, would have he sucked? We don't know. We never know about whether Golston would have been good. It's worse because he he didn't play. That makes it worse. He was an unfortunate (laughs) pick. It was an unfortunate pick that didn't work out. Just like Ladarius Green, when he played, he was fantastic. But he's considered a free agent bust because it didn't work out because of health. Still didn't work out either way. Yeah. I'm just just saying, it doesn't work out. But, you know, if healthy... What kind of players is this going to be so lay off the bus stuff. I've been hearing bust already on Calvin Oslo third. Stop it.
4: Well, I, I didn't say bust. If you listen to my Thursday pseudo stat, stat geek podcast, I said this reeks. This smells like Senquez Golson. Like I, I just it's the <laughs> first thing that came to mind when I thought to myself, holy crap, this guy didn't even see a preseason field. And now he's
1: done for the year. I did not hear that yet. Uh, That's on. That's my (laughs) old chef. He only listens to Let's Ride. The fact that it was supposed to be a stat
5: geek is why. He he, knew it was me, though. He knew it was me. Uh,
1: Yeah,
4: because I helped set it up, David. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, I want to get Dave's thoughts because Dave needs a new decoder ring because he said Mike Tomlin, he had his decoder ring out and all this stuff. And I was now, like, you well, might want to upgrade that, but then I found out he was really sick and I felt bad for making the <laughs> <Dave>.
5: <laughs> Well, I'll be honest. What none of us saw was the fact of the report by Jared Dulock that he re-injured his foot and is going to have surgery. Now some people feel that that's just a ruse <laughs> so uh, yeah right. but I'm like, you don't have surgery as a ruse it, no so to me that was that that was uh, a part of the formula that none of us saw coming for yeah. them to just put it, leave him on IR with him not being hurt wouldn't have made sense because you then you would it would have been like, why did they even bother to open the window if they didn't bring him back? Now, everything that Mike Tomlin says on Tuesday, with it being hindsight, makes so much more sense. He was hurt. Who knows for all we know, he got hurt over a week ago and we just didn't know because he doesn't end up on an injury report or anything like that. So if he, in other words, the foot wasn't going to allow him to play this year. Maybe he maybe it wasn't a severe reaggravation, or maybe it was, hey, he's getting back to practicing. Yeah, it's not going to be enough to really do what he needs to do. But on the bright side, until next August, Calvin Austin the third, has the chance to be the greatest wide receiver in Steelers' history and the answer for everything going forward. <laughs> and then then, of course, then he could take the field and then be the worst pick ever. So you know
4: hope that's not true dave because no. Matt canada doesn't know how to use him so. <laughs> well, that's true
5: that's true but i mean you know how it is the guy that's not playing is always the best there ever was so it it, it, it just kind of seems out. i was looking forward to see him you know he's one of those skedaddlers you gotta like mm-hmm. those skedaddlers um am i was this just calvin austin the third or was like any to...
4: 20 day stuff anyone twenty okay. day stuff because hey,
5: here's man. the thing with kz To me, it sounded like in order for KZ to get final clearance, he had to start practicing before they would clear him. So he started practicing last week, and now they said, okay, you practice now you're clear. So that leaves it open for him to come back onto the roster. Um, Whether it happens this week or after the bye, we'll see. Same with one Trent Jordan Watt. I expect T.J. Watt to come back after the bye. Wouldn't it be amazing, though, if something, if he says something tomorrow or four o'clock on Saturday, Steelers Nation goes nuts because TJ Watt's going to come back before the bye and going to be the savior in Philadelphia? It's not, I'm giving that like a one and a half percent chance, but man, wouldn't that be amazing?
1: I'm going to tease it now that if that happens, breaking news podcast.
4: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I think that. I've, okay. So you said 1% chance on what? What do you want? One and a half. Put, okay, that's fine. <laughs> what would you put the percentage on KZ though? Um, I think it would be higher.
5: I, I'm going 50 50.
4: Okay. Because, I, that's I a mean, good number
5: because I mean, if he's medically cleared and is good to go, bottom line is you have to think of who they're going to replace on the roster. What move are they going to make?
4: Put Levi Wallace on IR with a shoulder injury.
5: That might be the case. Um, or it could be someone like Josh Jackson gets cut and goes back to practice squad when TJ Watt comes back. We know it's going to be Ryan Anderson. Yeah, I mean, it's that's that's just the move that needs to be made, unless somehow they all of a sudden like Ryan Anderson more than they like Jameer Jones. It's going to be one of those two. So, I mean, it it, that's that's just is what it is. It's six one way, half dozen the other, exactly, exactly.
1: (laughs) So, somebody gets dealt. Oh,
5: yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh here we go here we go here
4: we go he's so. that brian he's getting dealt
1: i you know i don't know i don't think it's, gonna be <laughs> <Chase>. it's <laughs> not gonna be chase claypool he just mace. likes throwing it out there not, not be really. it could be the mace or there's there's that there's that dark horse that could be deontay johnson it's not gonna happen oh, but it's no, a dark. yeah place.
4: it would be crazy yeah. if it did um okay all right so enough 21 day stuff the the show that happened at noon on our audio only side today thursday was what yin's talking about and i highly recommend anyone that's never checked it out to give it a listen because there's a lot of humor involved they just they, they redid <laughs> not they oh, kyle redid the growing and you pain. get it twice and he you did it, it twice Yeah, he redid the growing pains theme song to kenny pickett but the topic they discussed and it was actually a really good debate between Kyle and Greg. They normally don't debate like this, but they did. And it was all about the tag of growing pain. So I wanted to talk with you all about this. They're talking about not the show, not the sitcom that ran in the, in the uh, what late eighties, early nineties, I guess, but they're talking about how everyone is excusing some of these mistakes being made by Kenny Pickett as quote unquote growing pains. And they're saying, well, I don't understand like how long does that last? How long do you get growing pains? When do the growing pains go away? It's a valid question. And it's it's a valid it's it's also in desperate need of someone explaining what they view as growing pain. So let's start there. Brian, what do you define growing pains as as it pertains
1: to Kenny Pickett? It's getting used to the speed of the game on a different level. And I want to go ahead and tell you to definitely listen to Kevin Smith's assertion on this on tomorrow's Here We Go, The Steeler Show, because this has been brought up and it's very interesting. So I'll probably steal some of, some of the stuff right here. But here's the thing with, with Kenny Pickett. In that game, I took some heat, mostly from Shannon White when I said that, you know, at the end of that game was Kenny Pickett's fault because he did not close it out. Now there's other things that there were other factors, but I personally think that with 34 seconds left in the game, no timeouts, Kenny Pickett was thinking. He was thinking about that clock. He was thinking, all right, I have to throw, I have to throw a touchdown pass here. If I run, it's, it could be bad if I don't get out of bounds and that could be it. But he most likely would have had like maybe an 18-yard game. Could have got down to the six. He could have got the whole way in. You never know. But I thought the game got in his head at that point. Kenny Pickett's the kind of guy, though, that will turn around and say, I'm learning from this, and it won't happen again. He'll know exactly what to do when he sees it. I also want to go back to growing pains. Let's go back to 1998. 3-13, and 13, 28 interceptions, Peyton Manning. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, he had growing pains. He learned the game that first season. That's a great point. Great point,
4: Dave. You're defining growing pains. How, as it pertains to Kenny Pickett,
5: <laughs> it takes some time to get there. The question is, how rough is the journey to really to really get up to a full understanding of the NFL? And it's not the same for everyone. There are, there are some players that seem to get it and grasp it really quick and others that don't. And I'm not saying that Pickett's going to be one or the other. I mean, what, he's three starts into it? Mm-hmm. So that, that's still really short. But that also shows you the value. Like a lot of people want to talk about a Patrick Mahomes. Did he have a lot of growing pains? No, but he sat for an entire year. There, there was value to making that move. Peyton Manning did not sit for an entire year. And I know Jeff hates comparisons when comparing him to, to these other things, but he had to, he had to have those pains as, as he went. My goodness, how long were the growing pains with Terry Bradshaw? Oh my gosh. <laughs> he wouldn't oh no. be in, he was would not. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, they would have, if the internet was, there would be no Terry Bradshaw if the internet was back Yeah. There.
5: Yeah, so it's not the same for everyone, and your hope and the bottom line is, every week is a new opportunity to step on the field, and, and and have more playing time under your belt at this level to realize things that you think might be open now are the best of the best uh, in the in the world at this game trying to make you think they're open so they can bait you into into something that you shouldn't be doing. You know, the Steelers defense does that to young quarterbacks all the time, so you kind of expect that that's going to happen to a young quarterback. I don't mind the growing pains as long as he's not being handled with kid gloves. If he's going to have the growing pains, let him go out there and experience the pains and get through it because – I. It doesn't seem like Ben Roethl- Ben Roethlisberger had a lot of growing pains, but they really, really handcuffed him with what they asked him to do through his first season in the NFL. And I don't think, I don't think that's the right play with Kenny Pickett because he doesn't have the same kind of team around him that Ben did. So you kind of got to let him work these things out. But every game is an opportunity to shake that off and say, is this where he's going to start coming into his own?
4: To me – a growing pain, if I'm just defining it, is a rookie mistake.
1: Yeah.
4: It's the, the two fourth-quarter interceptions by Kenny Pickett against Miami. The first one, he was baited into that. You saw yeah. it. You saw it. He was baited. that they, they, they disguised their coverage. He didn't read underneath. That's a rookie mistake. The last one, miscommunication. He talked about it on Wednesday when he met with the media, saying that he expected Deontay Johnson to come back to the pylon because the defender's back was to Kenny Pickett. and It just didn't work out. I'm okay with kind of expunging those rookie mistakes. For me, you got to learn from them. And I don't want to see the same mistake again. That's the biggest issue here. Everyone wants to talk about labeling like the, the mistake itself. You're going to make mistakes. Ben Roethlisberger made mistakes as a rookie. If we're doing comparisons, like Ben made mistakes, all those quarterbacks, Peyton Manning that Brian brought up clearly made mistakes. But did they learn from those mistakes? So if Kenny Pickett goes out against Philly and has an interception that is almost the same exact one from Miami, it's like, well, dang it. He like, didn't learn. like Understand. And I guarantee you there was a part of him that, as Brian said, he could have ran for it, that he was thinking, I need to do the right thing. And we probably got told, don't run with the ball. But we criticized him on our show. Not that he listens, but I'm sure the coaching staff was saying, he pulled the Mitch Trubisky run for a sack, you know, where he ran out of bounds. They're like, Hey, just throw it away. And he's thrown that away a couple of times, but that throw that last one in the corner of the end zone, it is what it is. So the next question is how long do you give these growing pains? How long do you forgive these mistakes and chalk it up to, well, he's young or, well, he's still a rookie. How long do you give them? This was the debate they had on what Yin's talking about. Brian, what
1: do you say? I think. As long as you see marked improvement throughout the year, then it's fine. You don't want to call you don't want to call any seasonal wash. You don't you don't want to say all right, we're done. No, because they're never going to say that they're done. But as long as you see it getting better, the the mistakes are gonna be less and less. And like like we have all agreed on this, you're not gonna see Kenny Pickett. I doubt no, let me rephrase that. I doubt that you'll see Kenny Pickett make the same mistakes twice because he's not that kind of player. He's one of those, uh, as Kevin Smith said it. You know, he can't do the same things that he could do in college the same way because the speed of the game is so much different. He's going to adjust, and there's going there's going to be a mistake in weeks week seventeen too. Look at Ben Roethlisberger. Not, nobody talks about this, but he almost threw away the afc divisional game against the jets if it wasn't for two missed kicks by doug bryan they don't go to the afc championship game and ben has a terrible game
3: he had a bad
4: game Do you want to talk about the AFC championship game? The pick six to Rodney Harrison, in the end zone where he has Jeremy Tooman open. He throws it flat and he picks it off and runs it back. I mean, come on. Do we, do we forget that that's selective memory by some fans? I mean, it it
1: is. (laughs) And Ben was very protected with that team too. Like Dave said, they had handcuffs on them and you had a better roster.
4: How many times did Ben Roethlisberger in his rookie season? I, I don't have this stat in front of me. How many times did Ben Roethlisberger his rookie season have to throw the ball more than 25 times?
5: Hold on. I'll get it. In just a minute
4: because Kenny Pickett in three starts has already thrown it over 40 twice <laughs> oh, okay. last week. I think he was in 40, like 43, 44 and he threw it 50 sometimes against Buffalo. So I don't think Ben, Ben had that stat line where it was like, okay, you're saying his, his rookie year. Yeah. 2004.
5: Okay. The, the number of times where, Oh, just jumped on me. Uh, the number of attempts yep. that he threw, uh, Ben Roethlisberger in his rookie season did not throw 30 attempts until that game against the Jets.
4: Think about what that is. Think about what that's saying. Like when you talk about the I'm not talking
5: completions. I'm talking attempts.
4: No, no, I know. I'm talking – because that's what I was mentioning with Kenny Pickett. He he threw the ball 50-plus times against Buffalo. He threw it 40-plus times against Miami. The only reason he didn't throw it for that many times against Tampa is that he only played two and a – two and a half quarters roughly. Mm -hmm. So if you want to compare Roethlisberger to Pickett, this is why I say I hate the comparison. You can't compare those two teams. They're just so starkly different from the running game to the defense, to the coordinator, everything, everything. That's why I hate it. You didn't have to rely
5: on Roethlisberger play in and play out.
4: No, that's it. He was basically Bill Cowher gave him the duck Hodges treatment. Just don't kill us. Right. I mean, I'm not forgetting that. I don't think of,
2: no, 2004 absolutely. i was
4: definitely old enough to remember yeah. so all right so uh dave i'll give you a oh, chance to answer the question yeah Go i to
5: say how long do you give it's all about i mean if you're going to if you're going to have growing pains if you're going to make rookie mistakes it's all about growing every week yeah. it's when it doesn't improve even just a little bit week after week after week three games three starts not enough Okay. By the end of the season, you want to see Kenny Pickett at the end of this season be in a much different place than where Kenny Pickett is
4: going into the bye. It's a great point. I agree 100%. Now, we brought up coordinators. We, Of course, we're going to bring up coordinators. Everyone hates Matt Canada, seemingly. They all want him fired. And I thought – I was driving home, and I was listening to what Ian's talking about, and they were t- they were you know, sending out tweets about Canada and how people want him gone. And I, I kept on thinking about something that Todd Haley – actually said he was on a podcast, I think. And he made a comment basically saying you could in Pittsburgh, you could set all these offensive records and they'll still hate you as an offensive coordinator. And he was referring to his time with the killer bees when they did set all sorts of records and people still hated Todd Haley. And so that's why I started to think, man, Steeler fans really do hate offensive coordinators. It's never good enough. It's never good enough. So I thought one was the last Who was the last offensive coordinator that Steeler fans, as a general consensus, not you, me, Dave, individually, whatever, as a general consensus, the last coordinator that fans said, I like that guy, love the way he calls a game, wouldn't do it any different. Brian, can you think of someone?
1: Uh, You know what? Mike Malarkey, maybe. I mean, I could actually say Bruce Arians. But really, Gisele uh, has got Ben killed. Like that 15, was the thing with Arians.
5: Arians, it wasn't. It wasn't about the play
1: calling. It was, uh, can you please not get Ben Roethlisberger killed? But they, but fans weren't. A lot of fans weren't looking at that. They just saw the fact yeah. that that he was scoring. Did, but I, I would probably think malarkey back in the did, in the nineties.
5: Well, because there wasn't social media. I wasn't as or, or, I wasn't t- as tuned in with fans. That's
4: but true. what about Wizenhunt? Yeah, Wizenhunt.
5: You know,
1: I, I mean, but so Chan, much so they only
4: Chan Gailey back yeah. in the 90s. I they mean, love Chan.
1: Devil... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, they they even to... loved Ron Earhart. They but I mean, if there Earhart was
5: too. if there was Twitter in, in, in 1987, who knows how we how this we will. Well, how
4: about Ray Sherman, who got fired? Horrible. or got his he got his offensive play calling duties stripped before the last game of the season. And Bill Cowher called the plays. It's in his book. I just read it. But could yeah, you imagine I, the Twitter storm and the, the last game of the season? You wait until week 16 or 17, whatever it was back then. Yeah.
1: Ryan Ray God. Sherman, Ray Sherman killed Cordell Stewart's career because he wanted to make Cordell Stewart a a pocket passer. Right. Oh <laughs> I my mean, gosh, you can't do that. he, yeah. he really hurt his career. Um I'd I like saying I want to make Willie Parker a power running back. Absolutely. Well, Najee <laughs> Harris, an outside yeah. zone guy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let's run sweeps. I would probably think the three least favorite coordinators, probably, and I'm not going to include Canada in this, but he's definitely in it. But we're talking about other coordinators. So you're saying
5: three, three, three former coordinators. Yeah.
1: Three former coordinators are were probably considered the worst, and mm-hmm. Haley's not one of them because Gilbride, Kevin Gilbride was dreadful. Ray Sherman was awful and then you gotta <laughs> randy it. land we gotta, yeah, gotta, gotta, go gotta say randy
4: he was just he was so fired over his head it wasn't funny see i think people loved the results of haley they hated haley they he was yeah. rash tequila cowboys yeah. out in the south side getting blackout drunk and getting into fights and stuff so and it was pick one pick Ben or
1: pick haley pick
4: a yeah. side right exactly but it's, 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 it's man, uh, that's just one thing I wanted to bring up is that Steeler fans in general, and I'm sure it's across the board on all 32 NFL teams, that that's a tough job. Not only is it a difficult job calling plays in a game, it's also a difficult job because you, nothing you do is good enough seemingly ever. And so that's something to keep in mind. All right, let's talk about the game coming up. We're going to get to the injury report here in a second. But guys, what is it going to take I'm not doing predictions. What's it going to take for the Steelers to break their curse in Philadelphia? Brian mentioned it at the opening of the show. It's been since 1965 that the Steelers have won in Philadelphia. It was a great trivia question on uh, the uh, Know Your Enemy podcast last night with Shannon and Jeffrey Benedict. He said, who was the running back of the Steelers the last time they won in Philly? And I knew it. I'm actually in the gym. I'm like, I know it. I know it. If I was in the live chat, I would have gotten it right away. You guys, do, Dave. Do you know how Brian's nodding his head? I'm gonna see if Dave knows first. Uh,
5: in 1965,
4: I could give you a hint, and you hold on a seconds.
5: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Buzz Nutter.
1: Ah. <laughs> he was a linebacker, by the way. That, that's an A for a guess, though. That's a Jeff Frank guess, Webb. But... Yeah. Oh, yes, his dad. His dad Jeff actually named forgot his about Frank Webb. Um, I would say
4: Dick Hoke that is correct was, that okay is that makes correct. sense dick hoke dick hoke who then became the coach he left the steelers for one year coached my high school for one year not when i was there obviously and then said i can't do this with this high school kids and went back to pittsburgh and coached for the steelers so uh dick hoke yeah he was the running back for the steelers the last time that uh they won in philadelphia so what's it gonna take like what would it take in your opinion for this team to somehow go into Philadelphia, not just end the streak, but shock the world and give the Eagles their first loss. Brian, give me something. Give me something tangible.
1: Food poisoning? Oh, <laughs> no, come, no, on. I, I, come on! I, I have the fire alarm
4: tour. at three a.m. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> so. Give, give me something. Come on. I, I, I'm go- I'm going to give okay, you. something. Okay. Good. I I think it's going to be. It's going to come down to. Making sure that Jalen Hurts does not hurt so good. What when I say that, don't let him hurt you running the football. Kind of you know, spy him a little bit. Make sure you know that that's a three uh, three headed rushing monster. But I don't think I don't think it's absolutely horrible. Um, on the defensive side of the uh, excuse me, on the offensive side of the ball, though, where they are suspect the most is in the middle of the field. And it all comes down to feed Friar And I'm talking, you know, I mean, he caught almost everything that went his way last week. I think it was seven, eight balls. Double it. Kill him with Friar All
4: right. That's something. I like it. It's something. Dave, give me something that, that, that would have to happen for the Steelers to pull off the upset win.
5: Okay. I'll give you two. One is they have to do something that hasn't happened with the Philadelphia Eagles all year. And that is the Steelers would have to win the turnover battle. Mm -hmm. The Eagles have won the turnover battle in every game all year. They only have two turnovers on the year. They've had 14 takeaways, even in the games that they've had turnovers, they still ended up at least plus two in, in those games. So if the Steelers could somehow turn that back on them, then I think that that would give them a good chance to win. Or if let's say both teams play a clean game, it would literally have to take the defense carrying the day, like they tried to do against Miami after the opening quarter. Um, I don't know if you guys listen to the Scobro show where we kind of went off on stuff a little bit and how frustrated I was that it was laid on the defense that they didn't come up with the interceptions. I'm like, but they shut them out the second half. They gave the offense – An opportunity to take the lead every possession in the second half, and the offense couldn't do it. You know how much more do you want from them? So the thing is, so so even by Mike Tomlin's own words, it's not just good enough for the defense to like totally shut down the Eagles. They're going to have to shut them at shut them down, and and create turnovers, create takeaways in order for them to win.
4: I'm going to give you three. Okay, and this is uh, I kind of expound expand on this in my Let's Ride on Friday, but the, the Steelers' offense cannot turn the ball over, mm-hmm. I, I'm, and that's good. That bleeds into special teams as well. You cannot give them an extra possession, not one. The have has to be clean. You need a special teams splash play, and I and anymore, I I keep on thinking about the Steven Sims ninety eight yard touch, not not. Let me, let me rephrase it 98 yard return that did not turn into a touchdown <laughs> that equated in three points and that makes me very weary that makes me want to say you need a special teams touchdown like an actual touchdown not a setting them up in the red zone because we know that does not equate necessarily to points and you're going to need defensive takeaways like dave mentioned that's the uh, to me that's the only way the steelers can find a way to to win this game uh but What we're going to do when we come back from a word from our sponsors is we're going to talk about the injury report. We're going to talk about the over-under game, the spread, predictions, and trivia.
1: We'll be right back after this. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
4: It's
3: my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs)
4: And we're back. Thank you for sticking around. And we are going to talk about the injury report. I've got a. this is something that the Philadelphia injury report really irked me, uh, at <laughs> least on Wednesday. I'll get to that. But, Dave, why don't you go ahead and uh, read us the injury report uh, leading into um, Friday?
5: Yeah, well, I mean, even even today's, even oh, Thursday's, yeah. it's, my, it's a, for them, my goodness, you, you're coming off of your bye week. You need to give players two days off of rest? It doesn't add after by Yeah. Or they're really are overlooking. I don't know. But we'll see. Let's let's look at the Steelers. All right. So most of it was good news, with maybe one exception. There was a new player added today. Cam Hayward, not injury related. Wrestling player didn't practice. Not surprised. Okay. Levi Wallace. Did not practice again with his shoulder. The way Coach Tomlin talked on Tuesday that he would not be. He, he's, he did everything short of saying he's not playing this week. So that wasn't a surprise. The other did not practice, which is a little bit concerning to me, is with the knee, once again, Larry Ogunjobi. Didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. But he's done this before where he didn't practice for two, for two days, was full on Friday, and then had no injury status. So that's one that really is going to matter tomorrow. Now, the good news. Pat Fraramuth, limited Wednesday with an ankle, full on Thursday. Stephen Sims, hamstring, limited Wednesday, full Thursday. Montrevius Adams with a hamstring, didn't play when, didn't practice th- Wednesday, full on Thursday. Akello Witherspoon, full both days. And then Josh Jackson with a groin, didn't practice Wednesday, limited Thursday
4: i dave you and i see things very similar when it comes to this type of stuff i just didn't understand why in the world they would need to give all these players off (laughs) my my boss at work is a huge eagles fan and i said what in the heck are you all doing i said they they just had a week off why are they getting all this time off is that are they overlooking the steelers and then i thought to myself well buffalo did that too and they worked out fine for them they rested all their guys because they were thinking about
1: kansas city the week after brian what are your thoughts on the injury report? You know I Ogan Joby I realize what Dave's saying I I hope he's right with that that scares me the most because there's a possibility that Lane Johnson um if he does not come back that that could be uh that could be pretty dangerous for Philadelphia and Jalen hurts if you've got Ogan Joby there and the possibility of you know rushing that that uh, tackle spot so if Lane Johnson's pro is a fantastic player um Actually, he might be on the right side, but their left tackle may be out. There's a possibility as well. So you really need Ogunjobi on the, on the line.
4: Yeah. For the Steelers. I mean, Ogunjobi, like you said, is the one that you have to kind of, you're, you're keeping an eye out. You're seeing, okay, does he practice on Friday and then able to make his way back? We'll see. Uh, It's definitely, you need all, you need all hands on deck for a game like this. There's no doubt about that. And so Really weird Philadelphia stuff. I'm not surprised, though. Okay, let's get to uh, the over-under no, game. Then,
5: what's up, Dave? What's crazy is that almost all the guys, not injury-related, limited.
4: Right, so it's like they went through individual workouts and then didn't do the team drills or vice versa. Or yeah, it, uh, I don't know. Again, really odd. If they come
5: out on fire, then you then you got to say, well, they knew what they were doing.
4: Or maybe they'll come out flat. Maybe we'll be that. Would be there. even better. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's play the over under game. Y'all ready? Yes, good. Okay. We nodded. We didn't say we it. know. Yeah. <laughs> for those in audio, they said yes. All right. So um <laughs> let's do Kenny Pickett passing yards. Kenny Pickett passing yards. I've got the number set at 274 and a half. Now, this depends on how you view this game going. This might be easy for some. This might be more challenging. Brian, you think over or under?
1: I'm going to say under.
4: Okay. Dave.
5: Dude, that seems like a lot. Um,
4: Depends on how you see the game. Go. Yeah, I know.
5: <laughs>
4: I'm, oh, because I don't want him to throw it 50
5: times. So I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to go under because that's what I want it to be.
4: I agree with you as well. That is the under that I'm going with. But I think he's going to throw for over 250. I do think he's going to go for over 250. He's going to have to. Let's go to Pittsburgh Steelers turnovers. I just said that they have to keep it clean, in my opinion. I have it at one and a half. Brian, what do you think?
1: Yeah, they got to keep it under. I'm, I'm just going to say under.
4: Dave?
5: They really, really, really need to keep it under to have a chance. I'm going over.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going under. I just think that this is they, they're got they got to keep it clean at one point. So no, I'm but,
5: I mean, honestly, that's this is this has been Philadelphia's calling card all oh, season. Yeah. So <laughs> that's why. Bottom line is, if they if they keep it under, they're in really good shape. They are. Yeah, but it was, but it's also the growing pains. Yeah.
4: <laughs> it was two weeks ago. I looked up the differential for the Steelers, and I saw. I was like, who's in the lead? T- plus twelve. <laughs> plus 12 how the heck do you get plus 12 that's incredible so yeah Yeah. you're right they do have to do that all right here's an interesting one haven't done this one yet this year kenny pickett rushing yards rushing yards for kp8 haven't done this one yet i have the line set at 22 and a half 22 and a half brian i'm going over oh okay dave
5: I was going to go out on a limb and go over as well, and I'll stick with it.
4: Um, gosh, I set these lines and I have confusing myself. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to go, <laughs> go over. I'm going to go with 25. I think it's going to be right around 25. That's why I went with a two, two, 22 and a half. I hope I'm wrong. Maybe honestly, I'm. I'm, run.
5: I'm banking on learning from the mistake that he should have Andy ran it. On it. So therefore. He might run a couple more times this game than he did in
4: in the past. I got you. Okay. Let's go to uh, one George Pickens receiving yards, 64 and a half. Brian over under.
1: I'm going under. Dave.
4: Uh, Let's.
5: uh, This team likes to move the ball, but just not close enough to score. So uh, I still think Pickens is their guy. So let's go over.
4: Going under barely round 60. He's getting wide receiver one treatment. And I don't think he's quite ready to beat that all the time. I think that when that happens, you should expect more from Claypool and Johnson and Pat Fryermuth, as Brian mentioned earlier. That's what they should be looking at. Yes, exactly. Let's go to Deontay Johnson targets. Targets for Deontay Johnson. The line set at 10 and a half. Brian, over under. I'm going under. Hmm, Dave.
5: Sorry, just once again, the Ravens pass up on a field goal and try to go for it on fourth down and don't get it. Sorry, what was the question?
4: <laughs> Deontay, Deontay Johnson targets. The line is set at 10 and a half. Uh, 10 and a half.
5: Uh, I'm going to go under, but barely.
4: I'm going to go over. I think it's going to be 11. It's going to be 11, I think. Yeah, I listened to Kenny Pickett's presser. He's, he's waxing poetic about Deontay Johnson. That tells me he might be putting the ball in his hands more this week than normal and last one or
5: or is he trying to cover the fact that the last two times he targeted him well i don't know if it's the last two because the I, i'm missing some other ones in there but two of the last times he targeted him, they were he was intercepted
4: yeah uh, maybe i don't know okay last one is pittsburgh steelers first half points against philadelphia the line is 10 and a half. brian over under under oh my gosh <laughs> dave oh the hook makes that easy to go under Really? I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go over with 13.
5: That they're gonna score more than 10 points. Okay. Gotcha. I just,
4: hey, I'm an optimist. I'm an optimist. Okay. So there you have the over under. You got six there, right, Brian? I I didn't miss one. There. I, I have less. six. All right, good. Okay. Spread. It's changed a little bit since the opening line. Dave, what are you getting now on DraftKings Sportsbook? All, All right. right. I'm gonna hit
5: refresh because I've had it up for a couple hours um, from where I did an article. It is it is still the same. that I, When I looked at it earlier, uh, the
4: Eagles are favored by 10 and a half with the over-under being
5: 43.
4: Okay. Prediction time. Brian, what do you have in terms of score? How do you see it shaking out? Really, I.
1: yeah, this is a tough one for me, but I, I'm getting to the point where that streak from 1965 has got to end sometime. You know what else has to end is a winning streak and starting the season. I just don't feel like Philadelphia is the team that is going to go 17-0. I don't think if they're a 17-0 team, which I think a lot of people in Philly are starting to think that. But, uh, well, then then again, there's a lot of pessimism. Somebody's got to bring them down. Should it be the Steelers? Probably not. Probably not. But I'm going to say it is. So I'm going to go. The Pittsburgh Steelers,
4: 24. Philadelphia Eagles, 23. Oh, okay. Upset special. I love it. Dave, what about you?
1: Well,
5: Brian brings up a good point. Like when the Pittsburgh Steelers were on their winning streak to start the season two years ago, did you really think that it was going to be Washington that was going to end it? No. No. So it's probably going to be someone that you don't expect. But... The Eagles are coming off a bye, which I know I I, I didn't get to look this up for Stat Geek because I was so under the weather. How do they normally do coming out of the bye week? All I know was that they have a chance to get healthy. Another thing is sometimes when a team's on a roll, a bye week can actually slow them down. All that sounds good, great, and wonderful, but I, I said it on the Scobro Show Tuesday. You'd have to be crazy to pick the Steelers to win this game. But it's not that they can't win this game. They can win this game. But it would really take something special. I'm going to go in typical fashion. I am going for the Steelers to cover, but not win. I'm going Philadelphia 23, Pittsburgh 13. Because I still don't have confidence in the
4: offense putting up points. So I was curious. I looked at the the Eagles schedule, Dave, as you were talking. Maybe okay. the resting situation makes little sense. They play on Thursday night after this game. Oh, really? They have, yeah, they go on the road to the Texans on Thursday night. I'm wondering if Sirianni is thinking, let's not beat these guys up a ton now, even though we're coming off the bye week because they have a short turnaround before they play to Houston Texans in, uh, well, that's Thursday, November 3rd. That'll be week nine. So, you know, you said you would have to be crazy to pick the Steelers. Yeah.
5: No, but I think you understand what I'm saying. I'm I like, it's not... It's not a logical pick. It's a no. it's it's a heart pick. And honestly, I be, I have. I'm going to be sitting in this exact same spot watching this game on Sunday because oh, I actually get, the, get game? the game. Yes. Oh, almost everyone gets this game. It's it's Romo and Nance and oh, and everything. Gosh. Yeah. Oh. So so it, and, and the and the fact yeah. that the Ravens are playing now is part of the reason that I'm no, I'm yeah. going to get this get this game, and I'm going to sit here. I mean. Believing to the end that they can. I sat here in the Dolphins game believing that they could, but I just wasn't sure if I was going to see it. I, I I love that they're putting themselves in the situation where they can. I just have to see when it's going to start all clicking to where they actually do. That's what I meant by that. I if you look at the numbers and everything else, Steelers have won there since 65 coming off the by blah, blah, blah. All oh, the turnover, Kenny Pickett throwing a lot of interceptions. It doesn't make sense, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. So go ahead. Give us your pick. Get, tell us how much the Steelers going to win by, Jeff.
4: DraftKings' money line is plus 380, I think. I would take that in a heartbeat. Plus 380. You want to make some money. Book <laughs> all we'll call the upset. You might make some money. Uh, but no, for me. Of course, I'm picking the Steelers to win. And I've been called way worse than crazy, Dave. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> I think that the Steelers have a last-second touchdown to win 27-26. to 26. Steelers win 27-26. So they're put a- in the
5: same situation and come yep. through this time. And this time,
4: they actually come through.
5: Honestly, yes. I think if they can get to that point, that they could. They've got to
4: get if they get to that point. I mean, they could also get their doors blown off like they did in Week mm. 5, and I wouldn't be shocked either. So it's one yeah. of those things. It's like I said when I did the the stack thing. but on paper, this is so one-sided. It is absurd. It really is. And I think it's more one-sided than it was before Buffalo. Yeah. Now, that might have changed since, but mm. my gosh, you look into the stats. Well, It's it's
5: unbelievable. Buffalo's rankings were really, really high. They were like in top three in almost everything, but the Steelers weren't as bad
4: until they played Buffalo. Yes. And then theirs dropped even more. Okay, we
1: have trivia from both. Brian, go for it. All right, this one is a fun one. We're going to talk about wide receivers, and I'm actually going to talk about two of them. The first one is a Pennsylvania guy through and through. When, it, when you talk about his entire career. This wide receiver played at North Allegheny High School in Wexford. He then went on to Penn State. He ended up with the Pittsburgh Steelers as a fifth-round draft pick and in his second season ended up with the Philadelphia Eagles for the rest of his career. He only played three seasons in the NFL and he is the second-to-last player to ever catch a touchdown pass from Terry Bradshaw. What was his name? Mm, I don't know. Hold I'm on. horrible with his older, older names. Especially a cool guy that on. only
4: played three years in the NFL. I have no But clue.
1: And he's mostly known for being a legend at Penn State because he won. he caught the winning pass from Todd Blackledge in the Sugar Bowl, a diving catch, with only a couple minutes left to beat Herschel Walker in Georgia, twenty-seven twenty-three.
5: 23 I can't remember the name.
4: <laughs> That's a problem.
5: That does create a problem. <laughs> I'm going to give you the best I can do.
1: Go ahead. His last name started with a G. He is not just. I was going to say this before. He said that he's n- not just an OG. He's an O double G. Greg G-G. Garrity. Oh yep.
5: Okay, I I remembered. Yeah, I could remember that somewhat,
4: but i I've could not heard, heard that name anymore. in my entire. Life. No, yeah, because no.
5: I I do from the whole. When you look at you, know, honestly, what it came from? As I've studied so many draft picks. In the off season, it just seems like it's not fair.
1: The Penn State <laughs> thing is one. The Penn State thing is one of the. Yeah,
5: because series. I did look up, you know, players drafted from Penn State and Pitt and WVU this year, so that was why.
1: And he was the one on the Sports Illustrated cover for the year first championship. So, um, mm-hmm. in 1983, very interesting. This one's really quick. This gentleman, another receiver, was. A 1,008-yard receiver for the Steelers. And he ended up playing two years after leaving the Steelers in the 90s with the Philadelphia Eagles. Hmm. He left the Steelers to go to the Eagles.
5: Oh, so he went straight from Steelers to Eagles. Yes. Because I think of – because there's a number of wide receivers that were with the Steelers and ended up with the Eagles. Like – Mike Wallace is one,
1: right? Marcus, Marcus yes. Wheaton.
5: Marcus, well, I mean, uh, who was a uh, Charles John?
1: Did, did Charles Johnson end up with the Eagles eventually? Charles Johnson is the answer, Dave. Oh, I didn't know he yes. went straight to the Eagles. Yes, he okay, straight Mike straight Wallace the didn't Eagles. play for the Eagles. Did he? Yes, he
4: did. Dol- did he? Yeah. Yes. We. Well, I know he went to Miami. Then My he gosh, went to he Baltimore and Minnesota. No,
5: I think Minnesota. he I think. I think uh, he went to the Eagles
1: between Miami and Baltimore. He played in that that really ugly game where uh, they just destroyed. I think it was 2016 in week three when they destroyed him. I think he was in that game. Huh, if I'm not hey. mistaken, Wallace. I did don't. That,
4: I, I don't remember the Minnesota tenure either with Mike Wallace. If I'm not
1: mistaken, of. I think he Mike Wallace went there right after he was in Miami because he did not last long in in Miami. Yeah. In Miami. He didn't last long there. No, he's been a couple seasons down there. Not a not a long time, but I'm looking at a picture of him right now in a in a Vikings uniform. I believe you. I just don't remember. I would actually. <laughs> t- yeah, I'm the, I'm you know, one I'm trick pony. Start. Yeah, <laughs> the, one All trick right. to a pony. Many teams,
4: for sure. Dave, your trivia time. Go for it.
5: All right, my trivia time. It's coming into its point spreads, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. If this line holds, which it may or may not, if something crazy happens where TJ Watt comes back to play, I don't think the line will hold, in my opinion. But the the Steelers are in line to for this to be the second game, according to Pro Football Reference this season, that at kickoff they were they were. Double digit under underdogs. They ended up not being double digit underdogs to the Buccaneers. That line actually ended up at nine and a half right before kickoff. So this was almost the third time. But if it ends up being the second time, because they were fourteen point underdogs uh, in Buffalo in Week Five, that this would that um, that this will now then it would be twice in a season that the Steelers uh, were were double digit underdogs. One was the last season where the Steelers had two games where they were double-digit
1: underdogs? i was going to guess 2003. I'm going to go 1992. All right. Well,
5: 2003, they weren't even double-digit underdogs one time. Really? At not... 6
4: and 10, they were never double-digit nope. underdogs? Okay.
5: No, you got to remember, most of the time when you get double-digit underdogs is when you're playing a really mismatched team on the road. So a lot of that right. depends on the matchup. Okay. And Brian said 2000 or you no, said 92. 92. they were the 12 and a half point underdogs um, in their opening game which they won and they were not double digit underdogs the rest of the, the rest of the season. So then I'd go back to 88 then. Well, 88 they were they were double digit underdogs
1: only once. I got it. I got it. Go ahead. Eighty nine, then, because remember they started out fifty one zero and forty forty one to ten. Yep the the answer is nineteen eighty nine. After losing fifty one to nothing,
5: the first week of the season, they hey, were hey, ten.
1: Hey, real quick, can I actually guess the two games that they were under? Sure. Game? I'm going to say week two against Cincinnati and week three against Minnesota.
5: It was actually week two against Cincinnati and week six against Cleveland again. Okay. Because they had already got spanked by him once when they actually won that game 17 to 7.
4: Okay.
3: It's
5: pretty darn good, that was though, a good Brian. guess.
4: Pretty good, pretty darn good. Pretty there, good guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Good trivia. Good stuff. Uh okay. Let's go with the final thoughts here. Brian, go for it.
1: You could call this season anything that you want. You could call any of these players, you know, not great enough for prime time, not ready for it. But I love how they're progressing. I love how everything is going. I hate to quote this guy because I'm mad at him right now. Deontay Johnson, I'm I'm very mad at. I haven't fired him. I'm just mad at the guy just because of his attitude, because of the drops. I don't feel that he gets it sometimes. But when he says, hey, you're still going to be watching? Even though that's egregious to actually say? Yeah, we're still going to be watching. And you know why we're going to be watching? Because we love this team. You know why we're so pissed off that they play so poorly? And why we why we abhor Matt Canada so much as a fan base? Because we know that they're better than this. And we haven't experienced this since that 6-10 and 10 in 2003. And it stinks. And we hate it. But that 2003, that built... The foundation for two Super Bowl teams. Actually, three Super Bowl teams and two Super Bowl winning teams. It built the foundation for it. Really did. Every once in a while, that six and ten a year, that rough year kind of does it. And it kind of helps you out. And I know you don't tank for you don't tank for picks, and I'm gonna tell you you don't. But one thing, when you have one of those and you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're one of the few teams that will have one of those and just continue to suck. They're not going to put a bunch of those together in a row. You don't see a lot of losing. I think the last time you had a couple losing seasons in the ro- in a row were probably between 85 and 88. That's probably it. I might be wrong. geek might be able to help me with that. But all I'm saying is back in night, 91 92 Steelers were pretty good 94 and on, they haven't had a losing season. That 93 was an aberration, but it set everything up. Let this be your aberration, all right? Good stuff, Dave.
4: Final thoughts.
5: You were saying that the question of uh, of when the last time was that the Steelers had had back to back losing seasons, yes. that would have been a great trivia. And the answer, the last time they did, the answer to that would be 98-99 uh, uh, When they I went, re-
1: I didn't realize ninety nine was a losing season. I yeah,
5: they were six. Yeah, ninety nine. That was worse. They were six and ten. Ninety eight. They were seven and nine. But I mean, you look back. My goodness, back to back ones. I mean, that no, they. I mean, you gotta go back to 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 Chuck Knoll's teams in the eighties. In order, in order to get there. So you've got a really good point there, Brian. And and the thing is, of course we're going to keep watching. Do you know why we're going to keep watching? Because this team is not playing very well right now. The defense in the last three quarters of the game this past week looked like the defense that it could be, and it's, it's the best they've looked without T.J. Watt. It really is. If you want to know the difference with this team and T.J. Watt, Listen to Jeff Stat geek. I love saying Jeff Statgeek. That's just so great to say. Um, of laying out some of those things. The, of just the just the, the the crazy difference in the numbers with this just this season alone in the game TJ Watt played versus without him. But to me, on Sunday night, that's where you finally saw the defense being the defense that you thought they could be, other than the, the fact they weren't sacking the quarterback. But There was also another uh, zebra technology stat thrown in there that uh, Tua was throwing the ball faster than, like, anybody had all season. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Something crazy like that. So they really – they were protecting him because they didn't want him taking another hit. And Coach Tomlin, when he acknowledged that, that made a lot of sense. So to see that defense to get to there, you're like, this is where I thought this team could get to. Now they got to go out and repeat that this week when is the offense going to get where you think that they could get to they're they're younger they're less experienced they have a rookie quarterback but we're going to keep watching cuz we want to see them make that step this team i hate to say it this team could be 2 and 12 and all of a sudden Something clicks on and they start doing some great stuff to then get excited moving forward. I'm not saying I think they're going to go to two and twelve. Gee, I hope not. Man, this is gonna make for some brutal times around at, at BTSC, but even <laughs> but even at at as you know, if they if they don't win this week, if they don't win, you know, as those things happen, this is more this season is just so unlike we've ever had as Steelers fans in such a long time. And you're going to keep tuning in Cause you're, you want to see is, is Kenny Pickett going to all of a sudden turn into something? Is the offense going to actually click and turn into something? Is the offensive coordinator going to finally get out of his own way and not go full house on everybody? So what's the opening line to that song? The theme <laughs> like song. Full house. Yeah, whatever happened to predictability? Yeah, Matt Matt Canada found it. Okay, Uh, (laughs) that's what happened to predict predictability. It ended up with the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh.
4: So, how long have you had that in your back pocket? I I want to know how long have you had that in your back pocket? Um, uh, A couple days (laughs) 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 through the sickness. Um,
5: Yeah, so. I mean, and, and do we have hope that, oh, all of a sudden that candidate is going to get creative? Do we have hope that Kenny Pickett's going to, you know, throw all these passes perfect and not make a rookie mistake? Do we have hope that the running game is just going to take off? It's a it's a big ask, but there's still a chance that that could happen. And what better time to happen in Philadelphia where you have it once since 1965 against an undefeated team and shock the world. So even though I'm not picking the Steelers to win because it just doesn't make sense to, my... I, I give me that money line bet. Cause I still think there's a chance
4: to win this game. I can't get the full house song out of my head now. So that's uh we're
1: going to call <laughs> right. it a show. Groaning <laughs> pains is stuck in mine. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was in my head too. Uh, All right. Good show gentlemen. Uh, we will be back next week. Even though there's no game to preview, we'll be talking about the Steelers at the bye week getting you geared up for any AFC North action that weekend and things like that. So we'll be back next week for another Steelers preview. In the meantime, Dave, why don't you send us out?
5: Hey,
4: see you next week.